You're listening to Extra Takes, hosted by Northland Church lead pastor, Dr. Joshua Laxton. Tune in each week as Pastor Josh reveals the rest of the story behind his sermons. We'll discuss how those who follow Christ can live out a biblical vision for the church in the world today. Well, hello, Northland family and friends. Welcome to another episode of Extra Takes. My name is Matt Shiles, and I'm joined by my co-host, Pastor Josh Laxton. How you doing? Maddie? hey, great to be here. I'm so glad that we can do this every week, week in and week out. Yeah, we, we started last week's episode a little little feisty. So how are you feeling today? I'm, fi- I'm feeling good. Okay. I mean, it yeah, it, it was a great weekend. Yeah. I've had, uh, well, you know, Watching the Super Bowl was a little disappointed, yeah. given the fact that I obviously publicly cheered for the Eagles and how they lost by three points. Yeah, I'm like, well, just see how I deal with disappointment. So I'm doing okay, a little mellow, but I'm good. So you helped my wife out a bit because someone asked her, hey, who's in the Super Bowl? She said, well, I at least know the Eagles <laughs> because it was talked about in church. So, <laughs> so she was paying attention. <laughs> she was. That's awesome. So this week was uh, was the last of our Northland 2.0. This was a picture of a revolutionary church. What does a revolutionary church do? And this was Northland's vision where we got to uh, talk about and unpack the four C's. Uh, and that's from Acts 2, 42 through 47. So the main point, as a reminder, your what flows from your why. If you don't know your why, you'll wing your what. <laughs> I, I just love that statement. I don't know why I love that statement so much. It just it just sounds cool. Like you'll wing your what. Yeah. So, and I really do think that there's a lot of people out there winging their what. What, what do they do? Like it, it was it was interesting. There was somebody. There was somebody, and and I know who it is. I just don't, I, I I don't want to I don't want to bring undue attention to them, and, and because I don't want to embarrass them. But what they did was pretty cool on their on their Facebook page, and this was actually last week. They 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 put on their Facebook page the question, "Why do you exist?" Mm-hmm. And it, it was very fascinating the the amount of comments that this person received. I mean, right now they have fifty eight comments, and so and I'm grateful that they put because it, it, as I'm walking through it or just kind of scrolling through it, I'm like, oh wow, this is this is actually uh, pretty pretty good. Like in the sense of what people said in their response, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, there are a lot of people winging their what because they don't know their why. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just know, like, what, like, what do you do? And if you don't know what you do, it really, it really stems from the fact that you don't know why you exist. Yeah. And so, and, and then with with churches, yes, I, I do think that there are a lot of churches winging their, their their what. I mean, again, and they're winging their what because typically their why is their what. Mm. And and then, well, but what are you really trying to accomplish? Like, well, why, why is it that you are making disciples? Because, again, we want you to, you know, yes, we should be making disciples. Uh, but then you even, you know, there, there's a lot to even go in in that. But but going back to why you exist and then that why is what leads to the what. Yeah, and we'll, we'll really talk about that. We started with this question, what do I do next? So uh, you gave us a, a pickup line. <laughs> So you really thought of that all yourself? I did. Well, it was pretty good, wasn't it? 
Yeah, you were pretty proud of yourself. I was pretty proud of myself, and and it was just like I came up came up with it on the fly, man. It was just like, wow, that's yeah, that's a pretty good pickup line. If I don't say so myself, would it have worked on Joni? Oh no, but but what 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 did work was, hey, you want to go out to to dinner with a couple of us, and just happened to be. Her and I. So, That's a great story. Yeah, and, and you didn't orchestrate that. I no, I really didn't because I was with staff. I didn't even have a car. Yeah. So um, she cool. had to pick me up, and I'm like, oh, no one, really? and no one That's else cool. wants. And I said, no one else wants to go. So she had to pick me up at my hotel, and she's like, no one else is coming. I said, I tried. No, no one else wanted to come. So because you know, it's how staff would would do for for a single. Man, at that point, I know you. Won't, won't you just go? You know, and so, so they were conspiring. Oh, wait, oh yes, there, there was a lot. Yeah, there was a lot of conspiracy going on at that point. Oh, so, good for them. Yeah. So I thought of a couple others. Um, what do I do next? Situations. Okay. So think about taking your first child home from the hospital. Oh yeah. What yeah. do I do next? <laughs> um, I haven't experienced this, and you haven't either. But uh, when you drive your last kid to college. You come home, you're an empty nester. What do I do next? Yeah, well, I definitely think, oh, yes. I mean, and I think that that is a question many, if not most, empty nesters ask. Like, okay, what do we do now? Yeah. Like, uh, all right, we, we've just spent however many decades taking care of yeah. our kids, and, and now it's quiet. What do you do? And did, did you know that one and this was years ago, and so I, I, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but many divorces happen after oh, empty nest yeah. because for so long the children have been the center of the why they exist mm. as 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 even a couple yeah. that once they're gone, they've lost their why. Mm. And so what do I do? We, we don't know. We don't even know who each other is because we have been so centered around our children. That's the reason why. I am not a big fan of child-centered parenting. Now, again, we want to care for our kids extremely well. We want to parent our kids and steward, steward their souls and their lives under, under the, the lordship of Jesus. But if you... If you have your children at the center to the degree that you neglect your marriage, you will wake up after they're all gone and go, what do we do next? Absolutely. So, And, and one more, when you leave your job for one reason or another, mm-hmm. that, that next day, it's easy to go, okay, what do I do now? Especially if you don't have another job lined up. If you have any sort of space, yeah. right, it can yeah. cause you to ask that question. And I love that idea of when we're asking a what question, then we can we can then point to, well, this we should consider the why. Yeah. What is the bigger question? So with parenting, right? What's the bigger question? How are we going to parent, right? With um, empty nesting, what is our purpose? What is our greater purpose? Same with our job, right? What's, yeah. What, what what's what's the purpose of my life? What yeah. What's I the purpose? Of, you know, what 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 is God? You know, what is God? Given me, what are the skill set? What, what's the passion? Because that you know, when when you're asking that that particular what question, you you really are asking it in a way like I know that the reason why I exist is is to glorify God. So God, what have you given me yeah. so that I might glorify you for the good of others? And so yeah, I mean, and it's really though yeah, it's really those moments where yeah, you you're you're drilling down on the purpose mm. of your existence. Yeah, so getting into it, it was fun to think about those brainstorming sessions we had back in June. You remember those, huh? I do. 
that that picture you put up, I I whisper to Kayla, I go, you remember me telling you about those those sessions? Yeah, those were fun. I really liked that activity, and I was um, I was thinking about we had we really embraced the idea of alliteration, and we had some A's, we had some B's, I think we had some D's. Um, I couldn't find all of them, but I know we had some B's, belong, become, believe, be sent, bless, kind of that, yeah, that yeah. line of thinking. Uh, G, I know some churches do that, gather, grow, go, give. Yeah. Um, but I think the point of all of that and, and what was helpful is to, and see it in other churches too, is to see, to recognize the biblical foundation. Yeah. Um, for all of it. And although, you know, there's this unique expression that's coming from the four C's for us, um, I think it was important for us to have this this holistic nature that it didn't matter how many we had, where it was four or five, but like we wanted to make sure we were covering the bases. Yeah. And yeah. that it didn't just focus on one of them, right? So imagine if we had three C's and there was no commission, no yeah. sending out. Yeah. Right. Imagine if there was three C's and there was no cultivate, there was no discipleship. Yeah. Like there'd be something missing missing in our vision. Yeah. Abs- yeah, absolutely. And that's where I mean, you, you know, I, I mean if there was another another C we could you know, add it. I mean, we we de- we definitely wanted to be comprehensive in it and we didn't want to leave anything out because when you start looking at so Genesis 1 20, 26 through 28, all right? So you, you you see this kind of mission statement for humanity, you know, so you were created, you know, humanity is created in God's image, then be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. And so when you look at that, you do see, okay, we, we're, we're supposed to connect with God. Why? Because he's the creator. Mm-hmm. There is this idea of cultivating the ground, you know, so subdue, so, so we want you to cultivate and so then you, when you look at care, we want, you to, we want you to exercise dominion. So we want you to care for creation. We want you to steward it under, under my lordship. And then there's this commission. And so many scholars would talk about this idea that when Adam and Eve, when they were to be fruitful and multiply, this now, now this idea of commission is to multiply worshipers who did what? Uh, who imaged God mm-hmm. through, through how they related, created, and operated. Mm-hmm. And so and then when you look at Exodus 19, you know, you, you see that you're my treasured possession. So you are connected to me. Mm-hmm. And then that you are to be this, this, this holy nation. Well, okay, so so we want you to we want you to cultivate this 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 holiness yeah. so that you might look you, you might you might represent me well mm-hmm. and and then if you look at and then if you continue to look at this idea of holiness it's and their distinction so holiness distinction same thing is it was, one of the ways it was going to be seen is with how they cared for one another mm-hmm. so in the nation of Israel there there was to be no needy. There, there was to be no poor. They, they were to be taken care of, mm. and, and because they had to, they had to see everything as not theirs but God's, mm. and then commission. And so, you will be a kingdom of priest. So, so now they are to mediate. So, the whole reason why God's given them the promised land is is not only for for them to be His people, but for them to be the conduit by which He makes Himself known among the nations. So, commission. Mm. And so I just go through all of these, and and again, like you, and I'm not I'm not reading into the text. No, what what these four C's are is taking what God is doing through His people yeah. in Old Testament and New Testament, and showing that how we fulfill the 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 why of our existence 
is through connecting with God and others, through cultivating disciples and leaders, through caring for people and resources, and through commissioning people to reach neighbors and nations. And so, so, so that that was the fun aspect because you really begin to see this throughout yeah. Scripture. Well said. It, it's kind of like you thought through this a little bit, just ju- just a little. <laughs> so I want to I want to talk about each of the four C's yep. and then also spend some time okay. at the end. All right. Um, because at the end you you asked us this question: How do we know we're living out the four C's? And yeah. I thought there was honestly I debated just spending the entire time t- that section because it's so good. But yeah, um, I think it's important to to connect. Or I hate running through it so so fast. So it could have been a whole sermon. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, so let's start with connecting with God and others for. For most of these, what really stood out, um, instead of me formulating a question, it was more of just a, a, a comment or a statement that you made. So I'll go ahead and read it and then just let you um, let you riff off of it a bit. Um, so under connecting with God and others, you said, it is an oxymoron to say that you were a follower of Jesus detached from his church. What else do you want to say about that? Well, yeah, I mean, we're, we're really trying to com- combat a Western mindset of individualism, of yeah. rugged individualism, yeah. where, and I don't know how many still will say, well, here's what I do know. Our culture says they're spiritual. Mm-hmm. I mean, so even outside the church, they would say that they're, they're, they're spiritual. And so even in the side, you know, inside the church, people can say, well, you know, what? I, I, I can love Jesus from my boat or I can love Jesus from my golf, you know, from, from the golf course. I can love Jesus at, at my home. And, and yes, you, you, you can, but if you really are going to follow Jesus, mm-hmm. then you are going to love the things and the people that he loves. Yeah. And he loves his church. Yeah. And so, and again, but that's part of understanding what God has, has been doing since the very beginning. So, so when he says it's not good for man to be alone, so, and again, he's saying that about Adam. Adam didn't say that. Adam didn't say, yo, yo, uh, God, like, wh- why'd you just create me alone? Like, wh- why is it just me? Like, a- Adam does not know he has a need because he's perfectly content in his creator. But the whole need arose for what God's purpose for humanity was mm. to fill the earth with worshipers to image his characteristics, his attributes, and his nature, to glorify him. So now community is created to to image the creator, who, who is also one God, three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So to sit here and say that you can worship Jesus detached from his people, detached from his body, is an oxymoron. Because then you have not grasped the full nature, not only of the Trinity, but of what God has been doing since the very beginning of of time when he actually brought human beings into existence. And so you need the body just like you need air to breathe. To actually become a flourishing human being, you need to be embedded in community. And so again, we see it, and it's not a, it's not just a New Testament thing. It is an Old Testament thing too, but it is seen in the church being attached to the church. So so yeah, I, that that's a little bit more of the the depth to that. So yeah, I think the newest iteration of that 
is uh, full of, fully worshiping online. Yeah. And being apart from. Now, we've had a long history of online worship. Um, but if but if that's your only connection, I think that's the you know that yeah. that's the new iteration, especially since COVID is is I'm just gonna and I think that leads to consumerism. I'm just gonna I'm gonna get my fill. Yeah, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna connect in person to the body. Yeah, and that yeah, and so I I have a lot of thoughts on online church. Yeah, and I know that we have a lot of people that engage with us online, and I'm grateful for them, and I hope that you continue to engage with us. And I know that there is this there is this ongoing debate because really, if you think about online church and really the the engagement of online material in, in, in terms of a, a worship gathering, it's relatively new in comparison to the, the, the yeah. church gathering, Yeah. right? So, I mean, I, I think about just online. I mean, online, it, I mean, it's still relatively new. Uh, I was in middle school when you could jump online, but that was dial-up. You remember? You remember yeah, dial-up? Well, running. <laughs> I mean, like, so my kids don't even know that. And so, but but that was that was er, like that was er, er, like I mean, 1990s. You know, so early 2000s and when you know, so so just just two decades. Yeah. And so so the church is being you know the church is faced with trying to trying to really understand and think about these things deeply. Yeah. And so what does it really mean to embed yourself into community? Can you embed yourself into a community? Is community something that can happen digitally or is something or is community something that can really only happen physically? Now I've had multiple people come up even in my time here that uh, that that have told me we've been engaging online through covid but being in person is not the same thing as engaging online and i, th- I you know again we, we don't even have to have like research to know that experientially yeah that there's a difference between digital engagement and physical engagement like so for instance if i'm really going to be in relationship with my wife I cannot be in a relationship with my wife via Zoom, like via Google Meet, via seeing her talk to me on on YouTube, like recording a video and and playing it. Like now, I I I can at least have a, some kind of connection. And again, we want people to connect with God and others. Yeah. But then you, you, you kind of move towards that cultivate. Yeah. Can I cultivate? So that's the reason why we'll always have online ministry and we'll always have an online reach because there is an element of connecting with God and with one another. But that's the reason why we have three other C's because then you start trying to dig deeper to go, can you really see some of these other things? And we'll, we'll talk about those in a second too. But Yeah, I, I think that's great. And I think it's so important for us to just uh, think critically about it, right? Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's not going away. Um, but it's also helpful for us to recognize, although sometimes because we are so inundated, we can think, hey, this has been around our entire lives, and it hasn't, and it, yep. is, it is still relatively new, and there's big questions to, to think about it. But I think as we um, consider what it means to be a church and what it means to live out each of these Cs, um, we, are, we are certainly confronted with that. What, yeah. what does it look like to... To worship online and then and live out those four C's um, as well. Yeah. So the next one is cultivate. We want to cultivate disciples and leaders. And um, 
and those are different, right? Cultivate disciples and leaders. Yep. Uh, one of your statements was you said, my goal is not to keep people, but to oversee and pastor people. You had really um, pointed out the, uh, the idea that, that the Bible has to be central and to any church that you're sitting under, and that um, I, I don't think I had ever heard it stated this way. But you said you should not ask a leader who teaches God's word to change their style in how God made them, and really leaning into, hey, if this is this is a leader a teacher style, God made them that way. Yeah, right. And your goal is not to keep keep people, but your goal is just to steward. So yeah, um, where where did that thinking come from? <laughs> Through pastoring for years. <laughs> well, I mean, because I there, and I've I've shared this with staff is years ago, I realized I was an insecure leader. Mm. And an insecure leader is always trying to keep people happy so that they tell the leader what what they need to have in order to feel good about themselves. And at that moment, well, I say not at that moment, but years later, I realized that if I'm if I'm sitting here trying to please people, it goes back to what Galatians, what Paul writes in Galatians. Am I trying to please God or man? Mm. If I was trying to please man, I'm not a servant of God. Mm. And so so for me, yes, we want to serve people, but the whole reason why we want to serve people is so that we might wise our existence to glorify God. But if, but if our service turns to pleasing, then that means we're going to start changing things to accommodate what pleases people. Mm-hmm. And so what and, and then also because I have pastored churches that were in need of revitalization, many times when churches have lost a lot of people, mm-hmm. leaders get into a scarcity mentality. Yeah. And that scarcity mentality would be if somebody says, you know, I'm thinking about leaving. Well, what, what do we need to do to keep you here? Yeah, we can't lose anybody else. Exactly. Yeah. Because if we lose you, then money walks out the door. If we lose you, then we don't have any – like yeah. – and then now the shift is fo- – you know, the, the, then the focus is shifted on we've got to do whatever we, we, we have to to accommodate these people so that they might stay. Mm. And so whatever you do to have to keep people, then 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 – that that that's ongoing, be, as opposed to here's our mission. This is why we exist. Here's our vision. This is what we do, and we want to invite you into that. Mm-hmm. Because if if you're in some sense, in, it, it, well, and it's not even an invite, but if you feel like you you have to to do things in order to keep people, then it's anthropocentric, meaning that it is man centered. Mm-hmm. And the last I checked is the church is built upon Jesus, and it's not built upon man. Mm. And if you have a man-centered church, that's actually an oxymoron, mm. because anything that is man-centered is idolatry and a cult. Mm. Um, and so, and there's there's a lot of churches out there that are man-centered and cultish because they're built around a person or built around people to keep people happy. Mm. And and that that even goes into one of the things that I talked about at the very end. I didn't even have time to really d- delve into it, but this this whole idea of of growth, church growth, and and this is something that I've actually learned as a pastor, and and I and I dealt with it. I mean, God, God. God dealt with me on this hmm. is because when you study church growth, you you know how to grow a church. I mean, like I, I mean, 
you you know what churches are doing, yeah, and and, and you can actually start start whether copycatting or start going, hey, listen, man, look, we actually know how to grow a church based upon all the research, so let's sure. manufacture, yeah. so so that we can so that we can grow, and 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 again. Like healthy things do grow, but also unhealthy things grow. Cancer can grow. And I would say every single one of us would say cancer is bad. Mm. Cancer is, is killing the healthy blood cells. Mm. And so fungus grows. Like gangrene grows. I mean, so 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 that's where when you look at church growth, there's a lot of things that you can do. To even manufacture church growth, that's the reason why, like, one of the things that, I, you know, I really wish I could have stressed this, but but is the growth based upon what is offered and consumed or based upon Jesus Christ and what he is doing in the world? Because if you look at a lot of churches and their growth, again, I say a lot, I'm not saying the majority, I'm just saying a lot, is that they are growing by what is offered as if these Christians are spiritual consumers going, we're in search of the best product to consume to enhance our life based upon or rather than, you know, what church do I want to partner with to see God do amazing things? Mm. And so, and then that's where, like, if you have a lot of consumers and you and your product no longer fits what they want to consume, then you're faced with another dilemma. Do I continue to change to keep the consumer or do I do I pivot and go, this is who God is, this is why we exist, and this is what we do to accomplish the why we exist. And so so I, and I know that, that 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 that's that's a lot of meat there to really unpack and I don't even know if you can really unpack it in a in a podcast. Yeah. And the irony there is if you decide, hey, we're going to stay the course and, and we're not going to yield and people leave, that's actually caught – you are then helping other churches grow. <laughs> well, chance, you know, I mean, mo- so most – and this is, this is research uh, – I mean, this is based upon research. Most churches that grow – they do so from transfer growth. Yeah. Only 10% of churches in America grow through conversion growth. Mm. And so, and there, there's only 40% of churches in America that are actually growing. Mm. And so, so you have 60% of, so actually, no, you have 60% of churches that are plateaued or declined. Mm. 30% of churches, they are growing via transfer growth so people are leaving one church going to another and 10% are growing through conversion so th- those are the numbers based upon actually a colleague of mine at Wheaton College Rick Richardson wrote a book entitled you found me and so it's a two-year-old book so it's based upon the kind of three-year-old research and that that's what he found 60% of churches plateau decline 30% of churches are growing through transfer growth, and 10% of churches are growing through conversion. And I'm sure COVID actually put a damper on all of those. Uh, and so it made the, it obviously made a lot of churches rapidly de- plateau and decline. Yeah. And so, so but that, that, is, that is pure research there. So mm-hmm. that's where you're, you know, again, I, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with leaving one church. Because, again, you need to ask yourself why. And then are, are you going to, to actually find something that accommodates you? Or are you looking at who can I, you know, who's preaching the word? Yeah. Who's on mission? 
Can I can I submit to their authority? Can I trust the leadership? Is this a place where I can serve? I mean, all of these things, all of these four C's. So um, it's huge. Man, yeah, like you said, there is a lot there in this idea of cultivating disciples and leaders. If we if we focus on teaching the Bible, we focus on lifting the name of Jesus high. The growth will happen. The transformation will happen. It'll look different than we imagine. It's not something we can manufacture. Um, but the growth will happen in both numbers, in deeper, in lives changed. Um, and that's really that's really exciting. So uh, I love that we are um, we are pointed in that direction. So the next C is caring, care for people and resources. Mm-hmm. Um, you said. You, you spoke pretty directly to us here in this one. You said the level of your commitment to the body was tied to their level of commitment to you. The level of the commitment to the body was tied to their level of commit, commitment to you. <laughs> um, yeah. Which is interesting because we want to we wanna serve and care for the world, right? But there's this tension of we can't do it to everyone in the world and there's this tension of what does it look like to do both but serve those that are in our care and among the body of believers well. Yeah, at fr- you know, I was talking to someone and they're like that that was that was a a a pretty in your face statement that at first at 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 first Glance, or first hearing about it, I'm sure people put up defenses. Sure. But let's think about this. Okay, so did Jesus die for the sin of the world? He did. Yeah. But does everybody go to heaven? No. Only those who place their faith Mm -hmm. and trust in Jesus, which, again, that's probably a whole other podcast. Because that we've already, as human beings, we've already chosen, you know, who we want, who we want. We want to follow ourselves, and so, so when you repent and 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 place your faith and trust in Jesus, you are now grafted into His family, yeah. and so you have the full now benefits of being part of the kingdom of God. The Spirit of God now comes to live inside of you. You now have power. That so now. Again, the entire world, God has has directed his love towards them mm. through Jesus because they already stand, you know, they already stand condemned. But that's why for God so loved the world. So so his love is yes, yeah, directed to uh, the world, but the full on out benefits of being part of the family of God, being part of the kingdom of God only comes yeah. to believers. Now again, now you also have to deal with this idea of common grace and special grace. So yes, does God's does God's provision and His sovereignty when when He causes it to rain and the crops to grow, are, are there not some benefits to everyone? Absolutely. Yeah. But let's say a famine hits. Where where's the, where's the benefit to those who are far from Jesus who don't know Jesus to those who are connected? There's joy even in the midst of famine because of what Jesus has done internally in their life. Mm. 
all of that to say, so when you look at the church and to actually have the full weight of the church behind you and for you, you need to be part of the church. Yeah. So, and that, and and to say that is is not foreign to what we see in Scripture to those who are part of the kingdom of God. So, yeah, but it's foreign to our culture because it, we live in an inclusive culture, and there's this exclusivity. Well, they're, they're, well, yeah, I mean, they're, 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 yes, they're, they're, so they're in, again, the inclusiveness is the invitation to be, uh, to, to come to Jesus and to be part of God's family. And, but, but the exclusiveness is the full on out benefits. Like, so for instance, like when I go, I, I mean, I've only been to one or two country clubs here. Like, I'm not a member, yeah. but, but, uh, but, but here's the thing I've gone as a guest. I promise you, I do not have the full benefits of that country, you know, and I hate to use country club because I did say, <laughs> you, you know, I did use country club in a negative light. Right. <laughs> but if I'm not a member, yeah. I don't get to experience the full on out benefits. And so that's part of where, like, if I'm not, if, if I'm not even part of the big C church through my faith, you know, through my faith that I have in Jesus, I, I don't have the, I don't have the full benefits of being part of the people of God because I don't have the spirit of God living in me. And so so, so same thing on a very practical level in the church. The church, we do, like, we are called, yes, we are called to love all. And even as the Apostle Paul said in Galatians, do good to all. But then he adds, especially those of the household of God. If we cannot, and this is the thing, if we cannot take care of our own, how in the world can we take care of those outside? And so here's the other thing that I would say about this. This is why this is so important, is part of our witness in the yeah. world yeah. is how we love one another. Yes. And part of loving one another is actually caring for one another where there is no need. Now, I actually want to go a step further because I couldn't unpack all of this. So, like one of the things like like we want to be able to do in terms of meeting the needs of the body, if there is a financial need, yes, we 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 do want to meet it, but here's but but I, I want us to know this is that it might even require going a little bit deeper into your finances. Sure. Because if, if we're going to move heaven and earth to meet the need, then it also might require a sacrifice on your end as well. And so you, you might you, you might have to you might have to adjust some of your finances or, or where, where your finances go. Uh, because again, it, it, this is the entire accountability structure of what it means to be part of the people of God. Yes, we want to meet needs, but also that doesn't mean that we that we're not going to ask something from you if we see that there's some things to do in your own life to accommodate where you are in a, in a season of life. So, so again, I, I mean, I, I I want people to realize, yes, if you're part of the church, we do want to meet needs. If you're part of the body, we want to meet needs. But but we also want you to know that there is an accountability structure to that as well, which is why when people go through a benevolence process, they do have to fill out some things. We do have to get some information, like where are you? What are you doing? Where? Yeah. Um, and so all that to say, we want to embody the first century church in the 21st century and 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 part of that is meeting needs, and I and I love the picture that it is then an example to a watching world it how is. we care for each other. Yeah, 
Because I because I do want people, like in all honesty, when some because we get a lot of people outside the community filling out benevolent forms. That's net like they've never been to a to a gathering. They've never been to a small group. Like they all they've done is they've Googled Northland or they've you know, they, people don't have phone books anymore. So they probably Googled the number called or they found the form and they they've and listen, we I mean my heart and that's part of where you and I we've talked about creating structures and actually creating yeah. separate organizations. That's also why we partner with organizations like Christian Help in the community because we do want to meet needs. Yeah. But we cannot do for everyone what what we really want to. But but we can do for some what we wish we could do for all. And we do want there to be this this, this tension that has been created that if you know if you're outside the body, like like there there should be some friction because God has created you to be inside the body. Mm. And so, because if we met every need that existed outside the body, then why do you need the church? Wow. That Jesus died for. Mm. That only is the body that gets to to experience the full weight of salvation. Mm. Amen. So let's uh, let's look at the fourth C, fourth C commission. Uh, we are commissioned to reach. Pe- we are com- we commission people to reach neighbors and nations. Um, as I was thinking about that and, and looking at the other ones, it's it was so interesting to consider the interconnectedness of all four of them. Oh yeah. Um, obviously, there's interconnectedness with care and with commission. But then I was thinking about it. Um, imagine us trying to commission people who aren't connecting with God and others. Yeah. So yeah, you, you you hit on it, and that's what we want people to know is that if you know your why, these will be your what's. It's not like you do connect and you get connect down and then you go to cult. It's not an assembly line. So no. so discipleship is not a, 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 a discipleship is not an assembly line. Discipleship is a way of life. And so these four C's, if you look at the early church, it was a way of life. They connected with God, one another. They were cultivated. They sat under the teaching of God's word. They were in community with one another. And then they're caring for one another. They're looking at their resources as not their own, but God's. And as they're doing all of this, they're having favor with all the people in the community and as a result, God's adding to their number daily those who are being saved. So, so it, so it is. These are not siloed sections of the church. These are interconnected arms of the church. And so, so one of the ways I've I've kind of described it is, you know, and since football is fresh in my mind, and as I was watching the Super Bowl last night, there were a couple of plays where they challenge. Yeah. The play. And yeah. so a challenge is when you throw the red flag and you're like, hey, I want to challenge this play to see if it will overturn. And what they do is they start slowing down that play in very slow motion. Yeah, yeah. And so, but it's but it's connected to one play, but it's these snippets of, of these fraction of, of a millisecond of what's happening. Mm. That's the four C's. You know, and so so it's attached to our why. So this what is what we do. But if you wanted to see it in slow motion, 
then you can start seeing connect and cultivate care and commission in this slow motion that is they're all interconnected to the play. So they're not divorced from one another. They're actually connected to one another. And so, and if you're not doing all of those things, then you are not fulfilling the reason why you exist. You're, you're not participating to the reason, to the why you exist. That's pretty deep. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, and so and that's where, you know, when we talk about levels of engagement, we know that there will people there will be people that that they're just exploring and they may be exploring Christianity they actually may be exploring northland so so their level of engagement might just be connect yeah but then you have the level of engagement attending so there there are a lot of people that that are attending northland and they would say northland is their home church but they might just be connecting and cultivating you know so they might be you know, they they might be Submitting to the to the teaching, they love the love the teaching. They uh, maybe are connected to to some kind of life group, or you know, right now, and I, I explained that they might be you know connected to a class or a group, which we will eventually in the next month or so be calling life groups. But they're but but they're they're not serving and they're doing nothing with reaching neighbors and nations. But then you might have a level of involvement, and so people are now you know involved in multiple areas, if not all areas. And so so there are levels of engagement. And again, we don't want anybody to feel bad with where they are in their engagement. We just want you. Ultimately, our goal is to move you to a place where you see that what you do as a believer to fulfill the why you exist. Is is connected in doing these four C's. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. So as we're wrapping up, we're we're over time, but I have to I have to touch on this because this whole section was so rich. Um, you said, "How will we know we're living out the four C's?" Yeah. You gave us um, five examples. You said awe, this idea of us being expectant, uh, signs and wonders. You talked about. Uh, miracles and modern miracles that are happening today, uh, this idea of unity, this idea of joy, and growth. Now, we talked about growth already a little bit. I want to touch on unity as we end. You said two things the church should fight over is the supremacy of Jesus and the unity of the body. Yeah. And if you think Man, about— That's powerful. Well, yeah, if oh. you think about most church fights— Yeah. They're not over those. They're over. Well, did you hear? Uh, I don't like you, you know. And and so, yeah, what a wonderful prayer for Northland, right? Yeah, that, that we would fight over those two things and those two things alone. That's it. Hmm. That that's it. Now again, that 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 doesn't mean that there won't be conflict in the church. There won't be moments where where we do have to enter into a kind of restorative process with people and, yeah. you know, kind of a redemptive process and trying to iron out some things because, there, you know, we still, we still have part of this fallen nature that is definitely much a part of us, and so we have to be sanctified. Here's something I was teaching someone this, this morning because this, you know, and this doesn't have to, this has nothing to do with unity, but it, it, but it, does, it does show sanctification. So, so one of the things that I, I was telling this individual was I, I said moments of crisis and moments of conflict tend to reveal two different things. One, it tends to reveal your weaknesses 
as as a person. Mm-hmm. It shows your flaws because conflict and and crisis has a way of bubbling up to the surface where you are weak. And again, this is in the context of someone who is a follower of Jesus. But then conflict and crisis also has a way of determining where you are in your walk with Jesus, your faith. And so this person was telling when when conflict hit and when when crisis kind of hit them, it took them about four or five days to get to a point of joy. And so this does connect sure. with joy. Yeah. You know, so for four or five days, they lived in the emotion, the rawness, the upset, the defensiveness of the conflict and the crisis that they were experiencing. So it wasn't until four or five days later that they, you know, they finally got to a point where they were calm, they were seeking the Lord, letting the Lord speak into them, and they got to a place of joy. And so I was telling this individual, I said, just, just, just imagine, like, so you're out in the yard and you're working and you're pulling weeds and you're bent over, and and so. The next day, after you had worked two, three hours in the yard, guess what? Guess guess what? Your body is your body's sore, and it might be sore if you haven't done that a lot. It might be sore for the next few days. I said, but if you picked weeds all the time, guess what's going to happen? the The length of your soreness will lessen. Mm. I said, so so that that's where you're trying to get at in in your walk with Jesus is that when conflict and crisis hits in your life. That that now your your fleshly tendencies, living in the flesh, living in in you won't control your defensiveness, your whatever, it is lessened because now you've exercised your faith muscle. And so now it's not five days until you calm down, it's four days. Then it's three days, then it's two days, mm. then it's one day, then it's twelve hours, then it's one hour. Then you know, and so what you're doing, and see, and that's the thing about joy is that if you really want to know that you are increasing in your walk with Jesus, that you're connecting, you're cultivating, you're, you're, you're caring, you are on mission, you're being commissioned to reach neighbors and nation, there will be an element of joy. And regardless of what happens, that's one of the things that I love about the book of Acts, mm-hmm. is that they could be beaten and thrown into prison, yet they're praising the next minute. Yep. I mean, so they're not sitting there licking their wounds. They're not you know, yelling at the prisoner, we're here unlawfully. I mean, no, no, no. Here's what they're doing. They immediately go to they, they immediately go to praise because there's this there's this deep seated joy that is in them mm. and so so that that's where I'm like you know think you, here's the thing you might not even and, and I'll, I'll just apply it to a church you 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 might not like something or you might not like all of the song selections on a particular weekend but there's this still deep seated joy because of what Jesus has done in your life. But but then the next week, and you might love all the songs. But but again, your joy is not contingent upon did they sing my song or did they not? Did did this happen or did it not happen? Your joy is contingent upon what God did make happen. Mm. And so so again, that that's just an element of how you know you are participating in the four C's. Amen. Well, so. that is uh, this has been a, a wonderful conversation. I think we'll end it here for this week. Well, Northland family and friends, we are grateful for you. Uh, We love you listening in every week. Continue to come back as we learn together. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Extra Takes. Be sure to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you won't miss a single episode.